Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yoga Berry, your yoga for scoliosis community. Happy New Year! Uh, we made it into 2022, and it's nice to be back. I had a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, just took some time out to to be with the family, really, and yeah, spend some quality time together. Not that we could do very much, of course. Thank you, COVID. Um, but we had a nice time and just took it easy, basically. But I'm back now. And I just taught my first Yoga for Scoliosis class of the year, which was lovely. So that's for my Shine members. And it's happening every Wednesday. You can pay for a drop in as well. If you ever want to join us, um, then feel free to do that. And you can just go to my website and then book yourself in. Um, so if you are here, uh, what we're doing today is I'm going to do a little bit of an kind of an open Q&A and I'm going to answer questions um, generally about yoga for scoliosis or if you have any questions about the practice transformation, which is starting on the 16th of January. So if 2022 is the year where you want to really look after your back and really get serious with your practice then make sure you sign up and you join us for that. It's called the practice transformation because um, we're basically changing up our regular yoga practice. Don't worry if you've never done yoga before, you can still join in, of course, and every all the poses are, um, are very, very much accessible to anyone. You don't have to have any previous yoga experience at all. Um, but if you do, if you are a regular practitioner, then really what, you, what you're learning is how to adjust your practice to your body and your scoliosis. So I hope that you can join me for that. You can find all the, the, um, the links in the bio, of course. So if you are here live, make sure to come and say hello. Um, let me know where you're from. Let me know what your experience is with um, scoliosis with yoga um, if you have any questions this is for you this is your time to to ask and those of you who are watching this on YouTube right now um, you can always if you if you're ever wanting to kind of catch up afterwards on this back chat um, you can catch it on Spotify or your Apple podcast app as well so um, these are other great ways to, if you're just listening to it, because at the moment I will, I'm just talking basically. There's no yoga posing going on right now. Okay, Laura is saying hello. Hi, Laura. Nice to see you in, in our practice earlier on. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And we've got Sarah here. Um, she's asking, what ex exercises can I do specifically for only one side to correct scoliosis? Lower thoracolumbar 
left scoliosis, higher thoracic right scoliosis. How do I strengthen only the lower left core? Ah, this is a very, very difficult question. And um, there are different, different approaches to this, I would say. And if, if you look into the work of Dr. Lauren Fishman, um, he has been kind of researching with kind of single yoga poses that you only do on one side um, to reduce your scoliosis curve. Now, um, if you are interested in that approach, I would suggest that you get in touch with him because he's he's always updating his research. And I know he's, he's taken a few different approaches nowadays rather than just practicing a side plank just on one side. Um, but from, from what I remember, it was the, the side plank that you do on the convex side. However, again, please make sure that you check with him if you are interested in that approach. Um, I find personally what works much better is if you not do yoga poses one-sided, but you might want to do them slightly differently on one side to the other because the body needs strengthening overall so you might have one side that feels stronger um you might have one side that kind of feels that there is more more tension and that needs to release and then you might have one side that almost feels like it's not quite there so all both sides and front and back um, are benefiting from yoga and from exercise and from movement. So um, I would be very, very hesitant just to do something one side. There are exceptions. Sometimes I do recommend this, um, but generally I would still say um, do things on both sides, but do them slightly differently. So what you want to always keep in mind is that you want to make sure that you're not shortening your concave side anymore. So we've got a lower left thoracolumbar scoliosis here. So your concave side would be the right side. So you want to make sure that you're not shortening that if you're doing any type of kind of activity or strengthening or anything like that. So you always want to make sure that you're keeping that elongated really and that the left side is not kind of popping out even more so you want to think about drawing this in towards the midline and then you can do anything you can you can do your your side plank your warrior one your warrior two your warrior three um on both sides really you're just doing them slightly differently and to me that kind of makes a lot more sense especially if you're talking about the core because how do I strengthen only the lo left lower core? Can we actually even isolate um, what we're doing that specifically? No, I don't think so. Um, we do, whenever you do something, your whole body is, is going to be involved, no matter what it is. So even if you're just lifting your left leg up, um, there's all sorts of things going on. It's not just the, the muscles around the leg or depending on what position you're in your your left abdominal muscles no there's a lot more going on so um, this is why I'm a firm believer in in learning how to um, correct or how to adjust your your posture that you're not hanging out in your scoliosis all the time and this is very tempting right we all have this preferred way of 
sitting, standing and all of that. And you might even notice um, when you're relaxing or when you're just sitting down that if you're tired, you're possibly going into your scoliosis even more. Maybe you're rotating, uh, maybe you're collapsing on one side. So it's really, really important that you learn how to get out of that um, habit and out of that pattern and then take it into your different movements. Um, so Sarah, let me know if this, it's probably not quite the answer that you were looking for, <laughs> but um, this, is, this is what I would say about this because um, it gets very complicated with, with scoliosis, right? And especially you're already saying you've got a higher thoracic right scoliosis. So it always depends where exactly in the spine your scoliosis curvature is, how much rotation is there, um, is there even a compensating curve lower down? So you might even have a lower lumbar um, compensating curve going to the right. Um, so it's, it's, it becomes very, very complicated. Okay, so Sunita is saying, I have a right um, lumbar curve which has improved from 29 to 24 degrees and I do yoga for both sides. Brilliant, fantastic, that's amazing. And Sarah, Sarah is saying, thanks so much, it makes sense. Okay, <laughs> good, I'm glad it makes sense. And yes, when we talk about um, correction, don't like the word because we are not to be corrected. There, there's nothing wrong with us, right? Um, we just want to optimize what we've got. When we talk about this and especially kind of reducing the, the cop angle and all of that, Usually what we're talking about is the postural element of the, of the scoliosis. So the bones don't change shape. The bones are what they are. So if there is scoliosis in those bones, that's always going to be there. But there is a postural element, mainly the, the muscles, the soft tissue that are, because the spine is curved into one direction, pulling you with age, with gravity, um, and all of that further into your scoliosis. And that is something that we can correct. And that's something where we can see improvements. We can see improvements in the, in the, in the cop angle as well sometimes, but it shouldn't be kind of, you shouldn't get too obsessed with, with the numbers and with the, with the cop angle. So I've asked a um, a spinal surgeon, a surgeon um, I remember a few years ago, and he said, to be honest, when people when there's x-rays taken, there's about a 10 degree error margin that is kind of acceptable. Um, so 10 degrees, that's quite a lot, right? So that means um, maybe you, you, you have an x-ray in the morning and then you have an x-ray in the evening and there could actually be a 10 degree difference, right? So just from, um, I don't know, that different, different measurements even taken or uh, different times of the day. We're always a little bit taller in the morning than we are in the evening. Um, so I would not get too obsessed with, with the numbers. And yes, it's nice to see an improvement, but really what's much more important is that you feel better in your body um, and that you you know what you're doing and and we we just had a, a session obviously with with my shine members and um, 
some of them were, were saying that, you know, they start to notice things, habits in, in different positions all the time, right? Not just in the yoga poses, but maybe if they're um, sitting at their desk or maybe if they're just kind of doing their gardening or doing things uh, with with their family and those little habits that we have and, and starting to be a little bit more aware and be a little bit more conscious of, of these things and what is taking us further into the scoliosis and what can we do to come out of the pattern so that is that is really important good so i hope that makes sense um right marie maria is saying where can i find resources for adult scoliosis and how it evolves with age um so resources in in general um so i like the um ssol side scoliosis and spinal online learning side um and that's a really really great this is really if you're really serious about this topic if you really want to dive in they have got some really amazing webinars about different subjects and you know bracing um uh, congenital scoliosis um adult scoliosis of course um adolescent scoliosis so they are if you're looking for kind of the background information they are they are a great site and there's there's great learning there if you really want to go deep um scoliosis association um is is a great one we've got a scoliosis research society as well that's another one that you could look up so there's all the kind of basic terms and terminology all of that statistics um, are explained there so they're really good resources as well and then obviously if you want to kind of get a little bit more practical kind of get a little bit more more stuck in um, especially if you're obviously into yoga then i offer a a four weeks course that kind of it's like an introduction basically to um, yoga or scoliosis or yoga with scoliosis and we do go into some of those um, terms and uh, the way that scoliosis kind of understanding scoliosis a little bit more as well and most of the people that are in the in the course they are adults of course so um, yes adult scoliosis and that always depends on when you were diagnosed basically so if you're talking um, about adult scoliosis, Maria, this could kind of mean two things. It could either mean that you had scoliosis and it was never detected. Um, it, it kind of just progressed and um, it developed. And then at, at some point you were diagnosed with scoliosis. That's called adult scoliosis. Uh, but it also could be that it just developed later on. And that's a degenerative um, type of scoliosis and that usually happens after menopause um, that's also called adult scoliosis at the end of the day so um, there's a little bit more to it and um, yes the the age of diagnosis is really important and then um, what's happening with progression of course and with adults we have to be a little bit more mindful over a, a certain age especially 
um, because if if there is generally kind of the, the the support and the strength is lacking, then we can start to progress a little bit easier. So this is why that movement and exercise is is really really important. Okay, so Maria is saying this course sounds perfect. I had a brace as an adolescent. Okay, great. So you're talking really you're talking about adolescent idiopathic scoliosis as an adult um, probably. So mm, we always have to we have to differentiate a little bit because it's it's quite different when when people are diagnosed later on in life and that could mean a completely different thing. But yes, so the course would be very very relevant for you in that case of course. Um, if you had a, a brace, especially in the, in your teenage years, and then maybe it improved a little bit, right? And maybe you didn't have any problems for a while, um, but then usually we get to a point where we know it's time to to do something about it, right? And and we don't want to get it, uh, we don't want it to progress, and we don't want it to get worse, and that's really what we're here to do right and and it is really um empowering of course to know that you don't just have to sit around and wait for the degrees to get worse until you maybe have to have surgery because that's what nobody wants but um there are things that you can do of course to to be active it doesn't mean that it that you can always avoid surgery sometimes it, it is just necessary um but definitely there, there are things that you can that you can try and we can try movements and exercises. And what's the worst that can happen? It's not that it's going to get worse, but the worst that can happen is that nothing happens really. Um, so I wanted to show you a little bit. I wanted to give you a little bit of a sneak peek into the into the practice transformation. If you're up for that, in the meantime, of course, if you have any, questions keep them coming um i love talking to you of course and i i love making it relevant to you but i'm going to show you let me just bring it up for a moment if that's the right one no let's do this one okay so this is what it looks like when you kind of when you're first signing up um you kind of get get to this page here so there's in total there's 10 modules, but really there's four kind of main ones, as you can see, but you have a little welcome video. We take you through quite an uh, extensive health questionnaire as well, just to, to make sure um, that, that everything is okay. And if there's any other information you need, or if we, if you need to check with your, with your doctor or anything like that. And then you've got um, the, the different modules here. So we start with the body awareness, and then we've got release and lengthen, and then core strengthening, and then adjusting your practice. So I'm going to go into one of these ones. Let's go into the second module here. So this is kind of this is kind of what it what it looks like. So you always have a, a lecture part, a lecture video, which is kind of more uh, the, the background information that you need. Then we've got a, um, a practice. Whoops, I got kicked out there. Uh, then we've got a, a practice or so practice video. We've got some practice sheets that you can print out, that you can download. 
And then you've got some, this one for this module, you've got a little bit of an extra exercise to do here. And then uh, we always put the recordings of the live sessions in there as well. So in total, we've got four live sessions. So at the end of each module, there is a 90 minute live session. Um, and let's see if we've got the dates somewhere here for you to see. Um, let's see, view product. No, no, it's not in here. <laughs> okay. Well, if you go to the main signup page, you will see the, the, all the dates and the times for the, um, for the live sessions. So the first one, I believe is the 23rd of January, and then they're kind of happening every Sunday at different times. Um, they're all, it's great, obviously, if you can make them live, because then I can give you suggestions, um, we can, I can have a look at you doing, actually doing the yoga poses, and give you some suggestions there. If you can't make it live, they are always recorded, and I always encourage people to send me all their questions beforehand, um, x-rays maybe as well, if you do want to share them. And then I can answer all your questions in the in the course. So that's kind of what it what it um, looks like. Um, right. Good. I was just checking that I've answered those questions here. So there were a few questions that were sent sent in beforehand. So one of them was, "What if I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of time? What? How much time is actually needed?" to to take part to do the course so you you saw you there's a short lecture lecture to watch and you've got about a 30 to 40 minute practice video per week and then i encourage you to practice every day for 15 minutes so if you can find 15 minutes per day and do your three yoga poses then you're doing really really well and in the long run, that's going to help you much more than trying to cram in a huge yoga practice every day and maybe getting kind of exhausted, getting frustrated because you can't manage to do it. So 15 minutes a day is what you need. And then obviously attending the live sessions if you if you can and watching the um, the short lectures and the, the practice video as well. So that's kind of how much time it takes. Um, I've had people who weren't able to do it kind of live with us that were then doing it afterwards in their own time. So that's absolutely possible as well. So you, it's not like everything disappears after four, four weeks. Um, you keep all the access to all the, to all the practices, of course. And I just spoke to someone actually in, in, the, in the Shine membership was like I always go back to the course so she had done the course previously and she goes back to those practices over and over again so they stay with you you don't um you don't lose access to them okay so Dana is asking can you help me understand why it depends on adolescence versus adult if we ultimately have ended up with the scoliosis that has led to where we are now Okay, I think you might have to clarify your question a little bit more. Um, why it depends on 
adolescence versus adult. Do you mean the term adolescent scoliosis or adult scoliosis? Um, I think that's what you mean. Does it matter now when you're an adult if you had adolescent scoliosis or adult scoliosis? If that's what, what you mean, then it does slightly different. There is a difference, yes. Um, so degenerative scoliosis is, um, it's got something to do with degeneration of the of the of the discs and of the vertebrae and of the bones it's got something to do with compression so everything is kind of compressed and it it generally causes more pain generally um also what is important to know and this is kind of going into the nitty-gritty of it with adolescent scoliosis so when it developed during this teenage years it's it's something that developed during growth right so degenerative is because it's degeneration and the adolescent scoliosis develops while growing so it's in its kind of mechanics it's slightly different and um people that have an idiopathic adolescent scoliosis also have have something usually that is called um Raso, R-A-S-O, and it's a um, it's a relative anterior spinal overgrowth. That's what it what it um, what it stands for. I don't want to bore you with all the, the the nitty gritty stuff, of course, but it just means that generally they are a little bit more in extension, meaning in a back bend of the spine, than a forward bend. Now you don't have this with um, degenerative scoliosis and with adult adult uh, onset scoliosis. That's what the the proper term is. So this is just something, and maybe yes, for you um, as a yoga practitioner, maybe that doesn't matter too much. But for me, that would matter a little bit because I would kind of look at a little bit more of the the your pattern and your posture in in general and it might be slightly different focus so there might be slightly different things that we would do or that we wouldn't do now dana let me know if um this has completely confused you now or if that was helpful at all um so it, it's not of course for you what is important is what you are now and how you've ended up there but if we are kind of going really into the specifics, then I would like to know when it first developed. So there would be um, a difference there. Okay. Lorena is saying, any tips on relaxing tight muscles? Left thoracic, right lumbar scoliosis. Lately, my upper back on the left side is super tight. Any tips on relaxing tight muscles? Left thoracic, right lumbar scoliosis. Okay, so generally what happens very often is um, that the convex side, and I'm completely generalizing there, and this is, is might not be true for you, but this is what I see very often, that the convex side causes more problems. It's a bit louder. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, it complains a little bit more. So it's, it's tight. It's also kind of in this long stuck, tensed position. Um, 
and the the other side is usually not kind of participating very much so what i would say to that is is first of all i would start to um, i would start to avoid stretching of the tight muscles so if this is your convex side you don't want to stretch it out even more um, you want to kind of soften and release it and how do you do that well that's obviously that's the, the the difficult part i practice a lot of restorative yoga where we use a lot of blocks and bolsters not so much blocks more bolsters and cushions and blankets bringing the body in supported positions breathing releasing practicing your your pranayama um your breathing exercises in in different positions that could be side lying it could be lying on your front could be lying on your back to release some of that tightness and then obviously what we want to do as well is to start working those muscles that haven't been working so that the tightness can start to uh, or the tight muscles can start to back off a little bit because they are overworked they're doing too much so what we want to do is kind of um, bring all the attention and the awareness to the forgotten parts of the body and this is why again why variety why uh, different types of exercises yoga practice um, is super super important we don't always want to do the same thing because we want to make sure that we we keep those connections um, from the body to the brain and and vice versa because at some point if we don't use them we lose them not physically losing a part of your body but losing part of that map of that connection with the brain so um, this is why again it's it's very very important kind of bringing me back to the one-sided approach i think this is why again the two-sided uh approach is is really beneficial and it's 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 important to work as many different parts of the body and in as many different ways as as possible as well so i'm hoping lorena that this is helpful to you so upper back i do have obviously lots of practice videos as well on my youtube channel if you want to have a look on there um there are some i think there is a mid thoracic type of practice as well um but obviously in your specific case i would need a little bit more information to recommend anything particular but definitely the restorative is a, is a great place to start and then you know mobilizing thinking about creating some small small movements and i would not go into stretching straight away so that's also so you're saying thank you okay so i assume that that was helpful thank you um if you have a look at one of the previous back chats about stretching you might find that interesting um, where i was talking to physiotherapist chris cub and um that stretching is not always even though we might think that it's the solution um it might not be the best thing to do and it might work for different reasons than what we think and the different reason being that it's it's a nervous system um thing rather than a physical that the 
the, the body is or the muscles are actually getting longer. So just something to just something to keep in mind. Um, but let's go back to this kind of to the general overview here. I mean, we are kind of building on this and you see it already. So we're starting with the body awareness because it's really important for you to understand what's going on in in your body and really um, taking some time to understand your scoliosis, no matter when it started, if it started as a child, as an adult, um, what are kind of your, your symptoms? How does the right side behave differently from the left side? And then we kind of go into the, the release and the lengthen. So Lorena, again, this would be kind of where I would start with would be the releasing of the tightness. And then we can start to strengthen, right? And then we can start to strengthen the core and really get into um, building almost a, that core set of muscles. So, so somebody said they, they did wear a brace when they were um, a teenager. We don't want to wear a brace, right, as adults. No, um, I don't, definitely. But what if I can teach my muscles to kind of give me that support to be that brace so that I don't need anything external to hold me into place, to hold me in, the, in that specific shape. So that's really, that's really what, what we're trying to do. So it's kind of getting out of your scoliosis pattern, understanding how you can do that, and then teaching your body to stay there as well and not just to collapse every time back into your scoliosis. So let me know if that makes sense. And that's kind of in a in a nutshell um, what what we're doing on what we're working on. And, and of course, it's a journey. It's 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 not an overnight process. Um, it takes a long time and we always learn something new. So I've, I was diagnosed when I was a child um, and really I got into yoga in my in my 20s. I'm now, I, I'm how old am I? 41. Uh, and I'm learning all the time, right? There's, there's always, and things change as well. Things change with different age. If you go through pregnancy, if you go through um, menopause you always have to keep adjusting and fine-tuning and changing things so the earlier you start kind of taking responsibility for yourself and um, learning what works for you and how you can help yourself the better really because then you don't need anyone else you can you can do your your practice whenever you want to and um yeah, you've got your kind of your toolbox of, of lots of things that you can apply. Um, so I hope that this makes sense. For those of you who want to kind of get a little bit of a taste of what it's like um, practicing with me and who want to, uh, who are maybe not sure because I had someone asking as well, I'm 60, 68 years old and have arthritis and osteoporosis, can I still do this course? Yes, of course you can. Um, you might not be, you might not do every single thing, but that's the whole point of the, of the practice that we find the things that work for us. So if you do want to get a little bit of a taster of, of what it's like, 
um, then I'm offering a free session on Sunday that you can sign up for. So you'll find it in the in the description. And we're going to do a 30 minute practice followed by a, by a Q&A. And it's via Zoom so I can see you, you can see me. Um, and it's a it's a really nice way of kind of getting a little an, an idea of what it's like being in the course and um, what it's like kind of starting to adjust your yoga practice to your specific scoliosis curve as well. So make sure to sign up for that. It's free. Again, it's on Sunday on the 9th of January happening at 4 p.m. my time, which is GMT. So um, I will record it as well. So if you just if you want to catch it later on, you can just sign up and then receive the recording after afterwards. Um, but yeah, would be nice to see you there as well, rather than this year where I can't see anyone, but I can see your comments and that that's a Zoom call. So we can see each other and connect. So make sure you sign up for that. If you're already like, yes, I'm in, I want to go on the practice transformation, feel free to sign up for that as well. Um, registration closes on Sunday night, Sunday evening um and yes so you've got to, oh maybe you do both right maybe you come for the pre free practice and then you do the course as well in any way it would be really really nice to get to know you to see you there and to work together so uh, next week here on my on back chat we've got the lovely celeste pereira so i just want to mention that before i sign off who's going to be talking about hypermobility so very often very much connected hypermobility and scoliosis so do make sure you tune in in for that she's really fun she's she's really really good and um yes i'm gonna leave it at this i hope that this was helpful for you guys um and see you hopefully for the free practice on sunday and if not i see you next week for another back chat bye everyone I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.